Hello, you're listening to Living Alone Together. I am your only host, Yan. So, if my voice sounds a little bit happier and brighter than usual, it's because I kind of am. And、um, I just had a cup of coffee, even though it's already past 6 p.m. Anyway, I want to talk about something a little bit general, more general today, which is to say, I'm going to go back to a regular episode where I try to find elements in my life that、uh, might interest. Other people as well. I am going to talk about smartphones today, but before you turn this off, don't worry. It's not going to be one of the YouTube videos where I sort of compare different smartphones and look at how、um, how they compare in battery size, sorry, battery life or the cameras.、Um, no, nothing like that. And I don't know how I would do that anyway on a podcast. Um, I want to talk about my journey with <laughs> with smartphones and what I think about the marketing strategies and also just my experience in this search of a new、uh, smartphone. I'm getting a new smartphone because、um, I broke my old one about two to three weeks ago.、Uh, basically, the the screen is broken, and I looked up the price for repairing the screen. It cost about one third of the original price of the phone, and if I want to get a new phone,、um, it would be two thirds of the original price, which is not really worth it.、Um, the phone itself is still functioning,、um, minus the screen, but it's. I think it's still functioning. I've used it for two years, so I'm not trying to bash the phone or anything.、Um, it's my choice to not、uh, repair the screen.、Um, the one I had was a Nokia 8.1, so it's probably not so popular.、Um, it's only available in Asia and I believe some parts of Europe, and it cost about、um, how much? I bought I bought it for two hundred. U.S. dollars, around two hundred U.S. dollars. So you know, it's about sixty dollars to repair a screen.、Um, anyway, so that's my starting point. I broke my phone, and I had to look for a new one, or I chose to look for a new one. No, no forcing、um, anywhere in in this process. <laughs> so I chose to look for a new one, and、um, the first thing to consider is, of course, whether or not I should continue with an Android phone. Um, the um, This consideration pops out because、um, I'm pretty torn、um, between continuing and not continuing. It's not between Android versus iOS. It's really the pros and cons of using an Android phone. The best thing I like about Android phones、um, is that I like the aesthetics. I like the green robot. I like the Um, design. I like the the font. I like the overall structure of the thing. I don't know how to explain, but it's just how it looks. It looks much better than the iOS screen, believe it or not. I don't know if anyone has voiced this kind of opinion before, because I think the general opinion, the more popular opinion, is that. Oh, iOS aesthetics is better. It looks better. The design is better. But to me, that's not true.、Um, I understand that a MacBook or、um, an iPad may look better. Like the hardware may look better, but to me, the software doesn't look better than Android. In fact, I I find many icons on the Mac OS are、uh, pretty horrendous. For example, the Photos icon. What what is that? The Rainbow flower. I just don't think it's a good design.、Uh, 
Um, and the software I'm using right now, the GarageBand, the guitar, it's just so ugly. I don't know what to say. And the notes uh, application, I don't like the icon either. It's just like a notepad. It could be better designed. So that's my opinion. Um, there are just so many icons that are unsatisfactory. The messages icon, I, I don't, I don't know what's with the um, uh, color and the bubble and the slight shadow uh, in the bubble. I, the podcast icon. When I look at my Mac OS right now, I find most of the designs intolerable unless it's by a third-party application. Like the VLC is all right. The calendar, the original calendar design is straightforward. That's fine. Um, the finder, of course, the smiley face, that's beloved. But um, other than that, uh, most of the original icons from the iOS and from the macOS are just not pretty to, to me. So that, that is, to me, a main advantage of the Android um, system. Um, I, when I use my Android phone, I used to download like a... Um, a separate launcher for for the applications, um, so that I could um, sort of customize my icons. The I highly recommend the one called Abstract A P P and then S T R A C K. Of course, it's from Abstract, but it changed to Abstract. Um, it's really uh, minimalistic, and it's just I don't know. I love it. I love the design and. It's just that the fact that you can customize your own icons, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so that's one thing I do prefer the Android for. Um, the other one is, as I said, the font and the, the overall smoothness of the system. Um, like how you can adjust a lot of things um, is what I like about Android. Um, and um, so, so that's why I'm a bit torn because... There are a lot of problems with Android, which is that you are, the Android is pretty much uh, associated with Google, and um, you have to have the Google account to download anything, to download any application, and uh, to use the Play Store, of course. And I try to get, uh, get by this by doing a lot of extra work, <laughs> going online, trying to go the full, um, like the full mode of using it, like the what is it, the developer de developer mode, and um, just like very strange um, engineering going on to to bypass your Google account, to bypass the Google Store to download applications. But then I realized that in the end. Um, all the um, all the traces of your download ultimately get sent to Google anyway, so it's kind of like a futile work, and um, and it takes a lot more time, and I don't think it's worth it to do that when in the future you might have to use a lot more applications for everything. So so that's kind of the biggest drawback where. It's entirely associated with Google and a lot of the smartphones with Android. They have pre-installed Google apps and the search bar um, and just too, too much Google. And that's what I don't like about Android phones. Um, so then we could look at the, the reasons for choosing an iOS. For me, um, it's, it's because 
of the iPad. So the very first Apple product I got was the Mac OS. And the reason is not because I want to use the iOS system. I think I mentioned this in one of the earlier episodes. Well, yes, I did want to try out the iOS system, the, sorry, the Mac OS system. But uh, basically, it's for a hardware thing. I wanted a desktop that's not so bulky and that I don't have to build myself. Um, that's why I go. I went with the um, Mac Mini. And um, it turned out that the system isn't too difficult to learn, or rather that I haven't learned it too much. Um, to, uh, I haven't tried my best <laughs> in learning the system, but it just functions okay for day-to-day -day use. Um, so the very first one was the Mac OS, and then I got the iPad um, a couple of months later. The reason for getting the iPad, of course, is a lot of advertisement and I couldn't help myself, but that's the ultimate reason. But the reasons that I lie to myself about, <laughs> as I in English, anyway, the reasons that I gave myself were that I wanted to have a separate space where I can relax um, relax in, rather than sitting in front of the computer all, time. all the time. I could um, stay in my bed and just, just watch videos on the iPad. So I don't do any... Uh, productivity work on the iPad. I just use it as a tiny television. And then I discovered that, by accident really, that the iPad and the Mac OS go very well because you can use it as a se separate screen. Now, I have to defend the um, Windows system a little bit. Apparently, you could do that with the Windows as well, even if you have an iPad, not an Android tablet. Um, if you have, if you download some additional application, you could use your tablet uh, or your iPad as a separate second screen to your to your Windows as well. So it's not exclusive to the um, Mac system. But basically, it's because I got the iPad that I try to use that because. Um, Basically, when I watch any video now, uh, be it political shows or some drama or movies on my computer, I it's very hard for me to concentrate on just the video. I tend to um, have a separate screen and just try to do some online browsing on the side. So... For me, I needed a split screen, and the iPad is perfect for that. I would I would then drag my whatever video I'm watching and put it on the side. Um, in a way, it's not because I'm not really watching the video. It's just to provide background noise, as in uh, old-time television. Um, so that's what I did with my iPad. I tried it out as a second screen, and it's perfect for me. Um, and also, I could because my computer is connected to real speakers. So instead of using the iPad speaker, when I'm watching the whatever video I'm watching, um, instead of playing it from the iPad, I play it from my Mac, and I would sort of send the image or the video to the iPad as a second screen so that I can enjoy the audio from the computer setup but watch the video in my bed or something. Although I've been thinking about trading my audio equipment for Bluetooth connection, but that's a whole other story. I don't think I want to go on this shopping hunt anymore. So, so anyway, the point is, um, yeah, I discovered that the iPad is a good uh, companion to the Mac OS. Um, and I really like the fact that I could, you know, I don't even have to set up the Bluetooth keyboard. I could just... Um, by using the iPad as an extended screen, I could use my 
the keyboard I'm using for the Mac OS directly for the iPad, so it's uh, it's very convenient. Um, and another thing is that what I like about the iPad is um, the the instantaneous um, update of every file or um, everything I'm working on to the Mac OS. So of course I'm talking about the photos or I'm talking uh, mostly the photos and the notes because these are two things that I work on um, the, the most. So for example, if I take any picture with my iPad, it gets stored directly onto my uh, Mac OS. You can see it in the Photos app. Um, very quickly, and so you don't even have to do anything extra, and everything is updated simultaneously, um, instantaneously. So, so that's that's. I, I think these are the two main benefits of having both the iOS and the Mac OS, where you can work it, you can use it as a double screen, and you could also have all the files updated um, directly without any extra work. So that's something I really do like about having the iPad and the Mac OS. Of course, all of this talk has been mentioned probably on YouTube somewhere, and people have shown the actual effects, but I think, I think um, the thing with technology is that you, I don't think these videos are useful, uh, honestly, and I'm try not trying to give you tips on anything. It's really just, I'm just sharing how like how my journey started. It's, it happened kind of naturally. I didn't look for this uh, online. It's just that I discovered that, wow, when I, when I work on something on my iPad, it gets updated on my Mac OS directly. Um, so that's just a discovery. It's not something I try to do actively. Um, and I think the thing about this is that you gotta, you got, and that's the main point I'm gonna talk about today, which is that you really need to know how you work and what you need and sort of why you're buying this technology in the first place. Um, for me, I'm the kind of person that would do a lot of research before buying anything. And um, of course, I would get inspired by other people's experiences. But then, and the main point about in this, of this <laughs> episode is this. In the end, you would discover that you rarely change. That <laughs> ultimately, you are who you are and your life is... Like you live the way you would live. You're, it's very, very difficult for a 20-something adult to, to change their habit, to change um, their mode of thinking, their mode of living. And therefore, I find most of the tips online about um, how to use your technology, I find them kind of irrelevant to me because I know that's not how I work. And of course... There's little things that I could add to my own setup, but um, they're not going to change the game too much for me. So I'm not I'm not trying to give you tips. I'm just trying to share my personal journey with the with my technology. So back to the iPad and the Mac. So the benefit of the iOS for me personally lies in the in the separate screen and also the um, the update, simultaneous update. I guess that's what they mean by the ecosystem. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of the benefits of the iOS. The problems with the iOS, the first one being, of course, the aesthetics. I personally don't like the graphic design on the iOS. I don't, 
it's a little bit a little bit too rounded to me. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think the Android design is a little bit more squarish in general, where you can see the edges a little bit more. And Apple tries to make everything rounded and sort of just smooth and curvy. And that's not my for my taste. Um, maybe some people like it better, not for me. Um, but this is kind of minor. I mean, in terms of functionality, it doesn't matter that much. Um, if there's another problem um, with the with the Apple system, it's that um, things just kind of magically happen, and you don't really know what's going on in the background. And I don't know if that's a problem for for most people. I think mo for most people, it doesn't matter how it works. But for me, I would like to know a little bit how things are being set up. And it feels like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It feels like it's too cheap. It's like, oh, right, I just click this thing, I slide over, and um, it works, right? And you don't have to know how it works. You don't have to know how to make it even better, or you don't have to have so many options. Um, and to me, that's like, it's too lazy a little bit to me. Um, especially I when I feel like, with the Apple system, it feels like they're feeding you stuff where um, you have to think about this one. You have to think about this option, yes or no. Do you want bigger text, yes or no. Do you want this or that? Do you want to turn on whatever mode it is at, after a certain time, yes or no. It's more like a yes or no question. And, and it feels like, it might be a stretch to say this, but in a way, it seems like they are they are using you, not you using them. <laughs> like people would say this is user-friendly and this is more no-brainer, um, no-brainer, or rather this is like just the whole thing is smoother. Um, but but um, for me, it's the reverse. It feels like when you're not customizing so many things, it feels like you are um, being led to think about certain points that you wouldn't have thought about before and hence in a way your autonomy is not as strong as when you're using the android so um in other words i feel that you know the the technology is ahead of me in the in the ios whereas um with the android i go search for something i want to use and i could find like a setting to to change that but for iOS it feels like it's just presented there and um and that the options are already fixed and it's really difficult to see if you can expand the options and you cannot unsee the options right so some some options you don't even care about but then they'll just present it to you um and it's it seems as if uh, you 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 have to think about this choice, and um, it's sort of like shopping a restaurant, shopping a restaurant, dining in a restaurant, and you know you originally you just want to get some um, some some um, like a bowl of rice or something, all right? You just want to get one dish, and then suddenly they present you with. A combo. They're like, okay, fine. Do you want combo A, B, C, D, or E? And you didn't want it, but then you saw the options, and you're forced to think about whether or not I I I want to get the options. And if I want to get the combo, I have to think about which one to get. 
And maybe in the beginning, all of that is not necessary to start with. Maybe you just need that one main course, um, but you cannot unsee the options, right? And then once you start to see the options, uh, you gotta start, like your rational juices start to pump up where you, you have to, you cannot help yourself but to, to weigh the options and to see which combo you want. And the problem is not with getting the combo when you only need the main course. The problem is being presented with like sort of choices that are in the end not really choices. And I'm, I'm pretty sure this kind of paradox is has been explained by economists all the time. But, but well, okay, with the menu thing, with the, with the restaurant thing, it's not... Um, it's not a big problem, it's just a meal. But with the iOS, it <laughs> actually, I think Android phones are sort of the same as well, but with Android phones, you can sort of go much deeper into the network or try to try to fix things on a level that's beyond what's presented in the software itself. So you could go root, you could go, you could do a lot more with your Android phone. So in a way you can bypass um, the options being presented, but in uh, iOS, I don't think you could do that. I'm not sure. So let's suppose you can't. So basically the problem with, as I said, in a restaurant is just one meal, but the problem with the iOS is that now you are trying to, you are being forced to look at tech, the or even the whole your whole lifestyle with Apple's lens. So that's kind of problematic in that, for example, it could dumb you down or you could be enlightened when you don't really want to be enlightened. So for example, um, they would ask you about, you know, the options to to uh, save battery, right? Do you want Wi-Fi to be on for the applications? And they would tell you that, oh, if you turn this off, you would save battery and all that. And and I was looking at, I was going through my, my iPad and I was like looking at all the, like the options available. There are so many apps on my iOS and like for every single one you can choose if you want the app to update um, in the background when the Wi-Fi is on. That's basically what the question is about. And on the I iOS, it tells you that, oh, this is about battery saving. Do you want to save battery? The thing is, like, you have to go through 20 or 30 applications or more, and you could check one by one if one if each of them you want them to be operating in the background or to, to update in the background when that Wi-Fi is on. And, <laughs> and frankly, I don't really care. And... Like, I don't want, really care and I don't want to care. And and I don't know why Apple came up with these options. Um, I feel like maybe it's some customers, they demanded this or something. I don't know. It's just that it's a, it seems to ease things up, but at the same time, you require to, you're required to do a lot of work for that to happen. Um, for me, I think, um, you know, if Apple really wants to be the so-called customer-friendly, user-friendly company, they should really just change the, just get away of all of these options, right? And just, um, just optimize the whole thing, right? They should c come up with a good enough software so that you don't even have to choose uh, what to do. Where and instead, you could just, uh, you could just be presented with, all right this is already like the best battery saving, you know, energy saving kind of option. And you don't have to decide which apps to turn off or on um, while you are not using them. So I don't know, it feels kind of strange <laughs> and paradoxical as in, um, 
in order to expand your mind or not to limit your mind on the things that it's best to not be presented with options in the first place. And my argument for this is simply that once you see the options, you cannot unsee them. And if you cannot unsee them, it will kind of be sort of what you take into consideration when you're buying tech or when you're adjusting your technology when maybe in the first place it's not in, in your concern anyway. You didn't want to get a combo in the first place. Or who said that a combo means a drink and a salad, right? Maybe your combo is two drinks, but that's not an option. But since all the options don't have that two drinks um, thing, you wouldn't realize that you could actually do that, right? Um, so that's the kind of the problem with, with the so-called user-friendly setup. Um, of Apple, I, I don't know if it's the same with Android, maybe Android, maybe they copy it from Android or something. But I just feel like it's a little bit, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> to to um, to have the option. And I, I frankly, I think these settings have become so complicated already. I mean, for the, for me, uh, or I don't know about any, anyone else, but for me, um, what I do wanna change really is just the text size, uh, dark and light mode. That's it. I don't want. I don't want to have anything else. And frankly, um, I think the device has become too complicated already. Where you gotta, you have a, like a side uh, tray that you can open up all the time, and the top right tray. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I, I'm pretty sure it's the same with Android, right? You've got like several like gestures and trays that you can work with. Um, for me, that's not necessary, and I don't know why it's become so so um, complicated. So with the, what is this? Is this about iOS? Yeah, it's about iOS, but I suppose it's about, in general, what the computers have become. <laughs> so that's what, that's what sort of my problem with iOS. I feel that, I feel that they're trying to, I feel like there is a, there's malice going on where they try to present themselves as a good intentioned um, helper tool in your life, but in the end, I feel like there is a deep-rooted malice behind all of this, which is to change humans' way of thinking about their lives and how they should live their life. You know, you got to set up an alarm clock, you got to think about battery life, you got to think about um, how to save energy, you got to think about um, um, tracking, no tracking privacy. I don't know, maybe I'm complaining too much, um, but it should be a default that we would never want uh, apps to check us. So why in the world would you pop out this uh, question about whether or not you want the apps to track you? I don't think anyone would allow it to track. So why would you ask this question? It feels kind of stupid uh, because it should be the default, right? Not to be tracked, but somehow they present this as an option and it's kind of, it's kind of juvenile, I think. Anyway, so my complaint about iOS is this, is that it's, it seems a little bit uh, pretentious or it seems like there's malice behind this user surface or um, where it seems like it's good for you and it makes you feel good about yourself that you have these surface options, but in the end, they are the one deciding what you should think about when you're using this um, application. So um, that's the feeling I have with iOS, which is not so much present with the Android because I think there is a lot more freedom with Android. Um, so that's that's the thing I want to talk about. 
uh, that I, that I'm talking about. So I think iOS is trying is trying to mimic Android in this way, where they try to give you the options, but the thing that they chose to present to you as an option, uh, to me, it it doesn't matter that much. But I do know the marketing. I think the reason for that probably is one of them might be that that's what a lot of people want. Um, um, but I have a bigger theory, which is that there's all there is malice behind all of this, where I don't know what they're trying to do to human beings, but they're trying to tweak us into some way that eventually every human being will try to um, like blend into the whole Apple ecosystem and try to live comfortably in this ecosystem and uh, would be happy even to be part of the ecosystem and be proud that they could understand this whole language. Um, that's my theory. Anyway, I don't know about Apple. I just, I don't feel good about it either. Um, and um, so yeah, that's the thing about iOS that I don't like, but, uh, but all of that is really theoretical um, and I cannot prove anything at this point. Um, so I do want to talk about whether, what phone I got in the end, but before that I want to talk about my temptation to get uh, a Zenfone 9, and I don't know where you live, but it's being, it was just released two days ago by Asus, and it is, it was, it kind of is the phone that I was looking for. It's pretty light, about 169 uh, grams, <laughs> that's lighter than my Nokia, which is 176, and it's lighter than most iPhones, which are more than 200 grams, um, except the iPhone mini, and um, the cameras don't look so horrendous, so I have to say, I don't like the design of the iPhone 13 and the actually any iPhone after iPhone 11 because this of this square box in the top left corner. I just don't like. I don't understand why it has to be so unbalanced. And the three cameras is just too much for me. Um, it just it's just the design is horrible. It doesn't look good. I don't understand why people would buy this kind of design. So. Um, that's the main reason why the um, iPhones are not really for me. Um, so, so the uh, the Zenfone Nine, the camera design, they are also not balanced either. But the whole back of the phone looks a little bit like a picture that they they have some sort of picture in the mind in their mind, and they're trying to. Um, I think it's intended to use uh, horizontally. So the design, you have to treat the two cameras on the right top right corner, you flip it horizontally, and there's the ASUS logo in the uh, bottom left low, um, corner, so the whole thing looks a little bit more balanced than the iPhone, in my opinion. Um, and even if you use it vertically, it does. It looks pretty okay. I don't know why. It must be the design. I don't think iPhone has done a good job in that regard. So the Zenfone, the, the design looks okay. It's pretty light. It's small, as in it's 5.9 inches, so that's smaller than um, the phones that you get today, which are more than six inches most of the time. Um, but no, I was checking up the specs and uh, people complain about two things mainly. The first thing being that there's no wireless charging. Now, I am such a um, village girl. I don't know anything about wireless charging until I look up the Zenfone 9. Um, the thing about wireless charging is that um, um, it's not really wireless, if I understand it correctly. Apparently, you still have to plug it into your charger. It's just that the phone itself doesn't be, have to be connected to any wire. So, honest, obviously, the, like, there has to be, like, the connection between the charger and the phone is not via some, some cable. That's all. 
but um, the whole thing, of course, ultimately has to be plugged into your charger. It, and of course, there's this new design where you can like stick a, a thing onto the phone, but I don't really see the point of it being cableless because you're still connected to something. I think what I had in mind when I see wireless charging, I imagine that like a phone could just give could could charge another phone directly through some Bluetooth or I don't know UV rays or something. But basically, uh, where two phones could charge each other out literally really without any cable in between or any third party medium in between. But I don't think wireless charging is is that. I haven't looked it up directly yet. But I was like from the li very little I've seen. It seems like you still need like a physical thing between the phone you're having and the electricity. So yeah, I don't see why that could be a problem for some people. I don't really get that. Another problem with the Zenfone is the lack of an SD card. And that's something I, I find really, really annoying with the smartphones today. Um, the only two smartphones I've ever owned are the um, were the Sony and the Nokia. So both of these phones have... SD uh, slot, so which is to say I can expand my memory by using a micro SD card. Um, and uh, phones today, especially if they are above the mid-range price, um, let's say 400 US dollars could be a point for a mid-range price, above 400 dollars, you don't really get SD cards, um, especially, well, not in iPhones, of course, and Android phones are taking out the SD cards more and more, I think. And they try to sell you, like try to give you a choice between two or three different storage capacities. So for the Zenfone 9, for example, they have the 128, the 256, and the 512 and um, gigabytes. And so, which is to say, if you get the smallest one and there's no, you cannot expand the capacity, um, by your micro SD, and so that kind of is a problem for me. Um, not because I really need the space. It's the again, it's the malice behind that that marketing that that um, is striking me as problematic. Um, it's because they just want you to go like uh, for the largest size um, without even thinking, right? Because you know you could justify by saying that oh, if I get the larger one, I can use it for a longer time, and hence like if I um, divide the cost by the number of years I'll be using it for, then on average, I'm going to spend actually less than getting the smallest capacity one. And that's kind of the problem. And that's a thing um, that is not just for Android or for iOS. I think it's a trend where they're just trying to like get you to get the biggest capacity ever. Um, and And for me, I I I I don't I don't really like this philosophy. Um, I find it, um, I find myself being very vulnerable <laughs> in that regard. As in, yeah, I have kind of no choice. I have to get the biggest one, or um, I don't know. It just feels really wrong to have no SD card. Um, I personally don't use that much space. I was trying to transfer the data from my Nokia out and I was looking at my SD card. It turns out that I use pretty much no no space at all on the SD card. So for me personally, I can get the smallest phone ever um, and it will be fine. But um, 
for a lot of people, I suppose the storage space would be a problem, and they have all the good reasons to go for the bigger capacity. Um, and it's just not—I don't know. It's just so unfair. It's just such a tilted balance. A tilted balance. It's a tilted um, thing between the uh, marketer and the customer, and um, it just feels a little bit wrong. Of course, the economists could explain this a little bit more. I'm not too sure about this, but I I do know it must be a marketing uh, ploy to take out the SD card and the. Zenfone 9, of course, has the 3.5 mm jack. And of course, it's really not about whether or not you actually use it. It's the comfort of knowing that it's there and you have the option to use the um, the headphone and uh, to use it as a radio if you want to. Um, I personally, um, I only use my cable uh, headphones for my uh, laptop. Sometimes I do feel a little bit insecure with the Bluetooth uh, still, especially in a public space. I would try, I would still use my cable headphones to guarantee that no one else can hear what I'm listening to. On the phone, um, somehow I'm okay with the phone using the Bluetooth. So for me, I don't really need the headphone jack, but it just feels like they are the gods that manage what you can get and what you cannot get, and you still have to pay them a lot of money for the many things that you don't get on the device, and a lot of them being crucial to a lot of people. Um, so, so yeah, especially when the phone is sort of an entertainment device as well, and it replaces the um, the MP3 player, it replaces your pocket uh, music player, I suppose it would be more reasonable to provide a headphone jack um, so that you could get some high-end listening, well, uh, portable listening as well. To me, that's not a big, uh, big deal. But they're trying to find the most common accepting thing that <laughs> that customer could to take and not complain. I don't know. Um, but Asus has it, so that's fine. It's just one of the things that to look out for that I'll try to look look for when uh, when I'm looking for a new phone. What I don't like about the um, the Zenfone, another thing, is the notch, of course, the front camera, and that's a problem in most of the smartphones today. Um, the iPhone, of course, has the notorious notch in the middle, and then you've got like the punch hole on the side or in the middle, and the worst one, of course, is the, the drop that is connected to the bezel, but it's like in the middle of nowhere, and it's, it's just very disgusting and strange, so I will not pick any phone that has that kind of design. The Asus, the Zenfone has the uh, punch hole on the uh, upper left corner. Anyway, I just don't think I like that. <laughs> it's just so straightforward. To me, it doesn't look good. I just don't like it. And um, the front-facing camera would be, is a good idea. It's, it comes in handy. But I think ultimately the problem with this is that you got to come up with a, like, a flipping screen that is not a smart screen, so more like a digital camera kind of screen that uh, can be flipped and you can see what you're trying to do with your photography. So one of the Sony cameras maybe. Um, and that is, the screen should be separate from the smart screen, um, from the touch screen, so that you don't need to make it so expensive. Um, and it could be used as a mirror or something and you wouldn't need like a, notch uh, or any kind of punch hole on your touch screen. Um, I think that should be, if I were to design a phone, that's what 
I would do, like to ensure the quality of the camera, I would sort of sort of like the Zen phone, like the flip kind of thing where they have the camera outside. But anyway, so something like that, but like a separate big screen. And I think in the end, we might have to go back to the flip phone again, which I still do own. I still do, I own the Nokia 2270 flip, which is a flip phone, which is button phone. And it's sort of my backup phone for now. Um, and it's the phone I've been pairing up with the iPad, where I use it as a hotspot for the iPad, and I use it to um, get my messages and all that. Um, and if I do want to make a phone call, I can use it as well. So this is, I feel good with the Nokia flip phone because I know that it's not, it's going to last for 20 years to come. Um, anyway, so that's the, that's the thing about Zenfone, the notch, the SD card, and the wireless charging the lack of these SD card and then wireless charging. So then uh, another option for me is um, Sony phones. Now, Sony phone is the, uh, Sony phones, they don't have any notch or ugly, like they just have a, like a thin bezel on top and the bottom. And um, and the in theory, their phones are pretty good. The battery life is pretty good. And for me, who um, is not interested in gaming at all, that is really what matters. I don't really care about the, greatest chip or processor uh, because I don't do any gaming on my phone. I don't watch any video. I don't do any editing or productivity work on my phone. So it's pretty much just a consuming, not even consuming, it's just for browsing or for picking up the phone, really. And um, so I was actually considering the Sony phone. I was thinking that, all right, um, since um, the phone is also a camera now. Maybe I should just get the best camera maker out there, which is Sony, who's also making phones. And I could just get like the Xperia, uh, what is it, 1.4 or the Pro i, which are super expensive, over $1,000. But I thought, hey, if it's a two-in-one thing camera in the phone, maybe it's worth it. So um, the thing is, as I said, um, my very first uh, smartphone was a Sony. And it's a disaster in the end after two or three years it started it just first of all it overheated and it, all throughout the three two three years I had it um it overheated and that's a big problem and I don't even do any gaming so I I don't know what happened to it um it's not just me I looked it up a lot of people face the same problem and then suddenly out of nowhere it just shuts down and then by the end of its lifetime it just kept shutting down for no reason and uh, you would know that there's something wrong with the phone company and I used to think you know I used to think it's a problem of age but apparently only this happens a lot to Sony phones in particular so I've lost faith to Sony um, on Sony and I don't want to risk a thousand dollars on another Sony phone so that's my personal reason for choosing Sony but on paper the specs look pretty good at least you don't have the notch uh, you got your SD card slot you got your 3.5 jack and you got USB-C charging uh, of course that happens that that's for most Android phones um, but I just don't have any faith in Sony anymore. So then the other options are um, the Chinese brands and that are, these are not an option for me. Um, and I would say actually Asus is kind of a Chinese brand now because there's this whole thing, um, um, fiasco that happened a few months or last year. Um, and and um, 
basically they pretty much identify them as Chinese Taiwan, which is a big issue, a little bit of a big issue for me. So anyway, so not going to use Chinese phones, um, not Xiaomi, not Huawei or anything like that. So the last option, the Android phones would be Samsung. Um, now, I was actually pretty tempted to use the Samsung. Um, I could even overlook the notch because if the, you know, if I'm gonna get the Samsung, it would be one with the with a tiny um, tiny pen, uh, the S Pen. So I was looking for either an older version of Note or uh, S22U because I like the idea of having a PDA in my hand, a phone PDA, right? Now, the thing is I went to the store and I tested out, I tried to use the Samsung and the thing is you cannot uninstall Facebook on Samsung. So I don't know the problem with that. Like there are so many apps you cannot uninstall because I'm used to the Nokia one, Android one, which is the clean UI. And the Samsung is just, there are so many pre-installed craps, uh, craps, crap, <laughs> and you cannot uninstall them. So that's a immediate no for me. So I ruled everything out pretty much. And it seems like I have no choice but to look at the iPhones again. All right, now at this point you might think, what a lousy drama. <laughs> like you went all the way like back to iPhones. Like what's the point of going through that journey? I'm telling you the journey matters, all right? So I'm, I'm looking at the iPhones, okay? And then now I get confused and finally I, could, I really do enjoy this. I really like going on forums and discussion boards and people talking about which phone to get and sort of their personal reasons for getting one phone versus another. That's my hobby. I like looking up the comparisons. Um, and with the iPhone, of course, the iPhone 14 is coming out. Um, the thing is, it seems like they're not gonna use USB charging anytime soon, and they still have this stupid ugly notch in the in the front, so to me, it doesn't seem like there's a real difference, and I'm not exactly a camera person, or maybe for to me, if you wanna get a camera, you get a camera, you don't get a phone. So uh, for me, the upgrades in the camera doesn't, uh, they don't really matter to me. Um, the, so I'm just looking at the older iPhones so that maybe I'll get a discount and I do, you will get a discount if you're buying them now. So I'm looking at the iPhone 13, the iPhone 13 Pro and the um, SE. So the first thing is I thought, you know, first of all, I was really tempted to getting like an iPhone Pro because, um, because of the colors. <laughs> I find them to be much more elegant than the iPhone 13, not the pro types, right? I, I am interested in the gold uh, or the blue, but, um, and the iPhone 13 colors seem just a little bit too juvenile. And uh, I've been to the store and it seems like the whole overall build is just more solid and uh, better than the iPhone 13, which makes sense because they cost a lot more. Uh, but I cannot, um, get myself to buy the ugly three lens camera. Um, and also it's just too much to pay for a phone when I'm not even that interested in camera. Um, the only reason for getting it is to use that lousy reason, which is to say, oh, you will be able to use this phone for five years or more, which is the total lie because you know that you'll be tempted to buy another one before it, gets, it, it breaks. So I was looking at the iPhone 13 Pro and then uh, for these reasons, plus that it's pretty heavy, it's like 240 grams. I thought um, I, 
I gave it. I decided not to do it. Um, and and then I look at the iPhone 13, and it seems pretty tempting. It seems like all right, you got the cameras; they are pretty good, and you got the colors; they're not so good, but you can cover up with a case anyway. And it seems like um, the screen and everything is beautiful enough, and the design. Is squarish and it seems okay, but then you look at the price and it's still ridiculously high for a phone because I it's still it's gonna be more expensive than my iPad, um, and some of the if you get the 512 gigabytes it will be as expensive as my Mac Mac and I feel like um, it's just not worth getting such a like spending so much money on such a small device um, when for me. And that, that's when the serious thinking uh, comes in. I, I thought about, I started to list all the things I tend to do on my phone. And um, not what I would like to do with my phone, but what I actually do with my phone. And I think this is very important for, for getting anything, really. Um, you should, I think it's a good practice to list, to examine your habit and to see what you actually do with your phone and not... And to write it out and to even ask people on discussion forums, not just because you want other people's experience, most, but mostly just for clarifying your own needs. For me, that's why I share this kind of thing. So I, I listed my functions. And the first function is to use that as a Google Map uh, GPS device, because <laughs> that's what I use my um, Nokia for most of the time. That's the first thing. The second thing is to receive text messages for... Uh, for packages arriving and for sort of uh, credit card verification codes. So that's in Taiwan, you gotta do, uh, get a, a SMS from um, from the telephone company. So so Google Map, text messages, and of course third to read and reply to online messages uh, with people. And then four, to take a quick photo note. So not to take an actual picture, like a beautiful, well-crafted picture, but really just to, if I see something in a bookstore and I want to check it out online afterwards, I can take a picture of it. If I want to take any quick note of anything, I can use the photo, uh, sorry, use the camera. The fifth function is to, um, to maybe write a simple quick note uh, in the phone. And, and that's it. I don't... I don't do games. I don't even write or reply to emails on my phone um, because it's still a little bit too difficult to type compared to the keyboards at home. Um, I don't watch any video on, on the phone because it's just too small a screen. Um, oh yeah, the sixth thing is to listen to Spotify while walking. Um, yeah, so I don't do any much consumption. I don't play games. I don't read books, of course, and I don't produce any high-end technology, uh, sorry, videos on the phone, and I'm not interested in doing that any day. So, and then when you go on Apple's uh, page, you see that the um, their main focus of the iPhone 13 is really the camera and the video, and the quality of the screen, and the, uh, basically all the um, display-related stuff, right? They got the OLED, they got the um, colors, like the high contrast, whatever it's called, and all the technology for assisting you to producing a great video or a great uh, phone, sorry, a great photo. And that's what most of the YouTubers are focusing on as well. They are assuming that uh, people do care about these functions. And I think 
it's just an overkill for most of the people. I think I don't know what I'm missing. I feel like we're trying, like people are trying to say that everyone should be a YouTuber or something because that's what most phones are being promoted for. They are advertised for their capacity to make great videos and great pic to take great pictures. Pictures I kind of understand, but um, I don't really think people are interested in. Producing such a high quality photos, and if, for those who do, they'll probably get an actual camera. And so I don't really. I think I'm missing some point, but I don't know what it is. The point is for me, it just like the way Apple is advertising this. It's just not for me. It's just not. I don't need. I think all the money uh, of the iPhone 13 um, is going towards the, the display, the screen, and the. Uh, the sound and the recording quality and all that, and none of these really matter to me. And so I finally have this 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 moment. I'm like, okay, fine, let's look into the SE and um, the special edition. And of course, it's a lot of it's a phone that is pretty old in comparison, where the look and the feel of it is pretty much, and even the design of it is pretty much like. Four or five years ago, um, the screen is not OLED; it's LCD, and the size is pretty small. The only new things are the um, the camera is a bit new, and the 5G connection in and the chip is. These are the things that are new. So then it hit me. I feel like this is the one. Um, I finally got the point. Right? I I realized that the double price of the 13 compared to to the SE um, comes from the OLED screen and the display. But then I was thinking, you know, I was looking at the OLED and I realized that, hold on, for the most of the things that I do on the phone, I don't really need like an OLED screen. And plus the OLED probably like drains fast, like it deteriorates a little bit faster than the OCD, I think. And some people have been complaining that they have eye straining problems with the OLED. So that kind of is the deal breaker, I feel like. I don't need us and want that kind of screen, and it saves me a lot of money. So I went for the SE. So that's the end of the story, um, and it's such a good journey because in the whole process, I was thinking about actually what I'm expecting from the phone, uh, how much money I'm willing to pay for this kind of lifestyle versus the other kind, and what a phone means to me. Um, of course, the SE is still a little bit expensive, but. I'm happy that I didn't buy um, any flagship phone because it's. I finally realized that I'm not the kind of person who needs a flagship uh, phone. Uh, I don't play games. I don't do any heavy editing or anything on the phone anyway. I just use it as a regular phone, and frankly, a flip phone would be fine. But it's just that today you need to do some banking or some. Um, uh, Apple Pay kind of thing, and sometimes you need to reply uh, using the um, apps. So reply to messages using apps. So that's why you, I still need the smartphone. But I finally realized I'm fine. I was tempted for a while to get like the most expensive phone ever, but um, I persuaded, my, persuaded myself, and I realized what my, my true needs are. And I think that's a journey that everyone should probably try. Um, to go through before they purchase any single thing, and 
that's kind of the joy for me in purchasing things. Um, I like to think about why I want to use them and just try to examine my values every time I purchase anything, really. Even like a tiny yogurt maker would uh, mean a lot to me <laughs> because of the process um, in thinking about getting it. Um, it might be a waste of time for a lot of you, but I enjoy the whole phone shopping experience. I don't think the SE will be a perfect phone for me because I checked the screen is a downgrade from my Nokia, but um, I do like the Touch ID. I think um, I was reading an article about the face, because I, I had a lot of questions about the face ID, and I was looking about, sorry, I was reading some article about someone's opinion on how the Touch ID, uh, Touch ID is superior, and I think his main point is that it's more intentional because you look at the screen anyway with and so touch id sorry the face id is not really an intentional act and i kind of agree with that um although i cannot verify because i've never used a face id but the touch id it feels like at least it's more intentional and if someone is to if someone wants to put the phone in front of your face, they can unlock it. But if they want to use their finger, they have to touch you. So it's a little bit more difficult in that regard. Um, a few months ago, I was still using the password uh, exclusively. Um, and I suddenly changed my mind to use Touch ID. So I find it to be pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's a thing. So I got the SE. Um, uh, I might talk about it in a future episode. But... I'm really glad that I had the chance to examine the whole thing. Um, I'm so interested in phones in general. I like to look at the latest technology, but I feel like the companies are uh, focusing on a lot of things that they expect people to, to like um, and to want to like, but I really don't think there are so many creative producers out there uh, producing YouTube videos. Um, and it's kind of like a vicious circle because people who do go on YouTube to look at other YouTube YouTubers talking about the phones are probably um, aspiring YouTubers. So that's why the companies have a full sense of what the customers want. Um, and I think, I think most of the people actually don't need the iPhone 13 and beyond. I think the anything below $500, $400 is probably suitable for most people. Even the games, I don't think the games are a necessity. Um, but who knows, maybe people, people only play games, um, they don't text other people anymore, they don't use the phone as a phone anymore. Maybe the phone really is just like a Game Boy kind of thing for every single person. So I can understand in that regard for the improvements on the screen, but not so much the actual performance, I don't know. Um, so that's my opinion, that's my journey, and uh, it's a little bit sad that I re resorted to an iPhone in the end. Um, but yeah, the I cannot, I don't want the Google connection that much. Uh, so yeah, so that's my thing, it's a hell of a long episode, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's finally getting dark, and the color of the sky is the one I like. So yeah, so that's what I've been doing in the past, um, searching for the perfect phone. It's not going to be perfect. I think we have to realize that in the end, you are the one who is making the best use out of the uh, of, of your tool. It's the same thing with the camera, right? People talk about the specifications on a camera, but in the end, it's the photographer who really matters. And I think I come to realize with the phone, it's not going to change your life or anything. So you just got to get the best use out of your phone. Um, and I think you, we can all adjust a little bit more. So yeah, so that's 
my story. <laughs> have a wonderful, wonderful weekend or whatever day you have. Um, and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.